What is up everyone, Avil Issa here with Yappa238.com and welcome to the Yappasog podcast. It's a podcast where we talk about being young, being apostolic, taking that power and putting it into action. Now I'm excited that you're on today's podcast because this is the last podcast of 2022. My goodness, man, we are moving through this century pretty quickly and hopefully the Lord comes soon. But this is the last podcast of 22. And what I like to do, and I hope a lot of other people do, is get to the end of the year and start to think about, well, honestly, I do think about my goals and what I want to do in 2023. But think about everything that has happened over 2022. Okay, over the past year, the past 365 days, because we're about to be blessed by the grace of God with another set of 365 days to do what God has called us to do, to accomplish our goals, live the, 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 the um, I was going to say dream life, but uh, the life of your dreams, okay, because the dream life can be structured by what a ton of other people think, but your dream life is what God gave you. Okay, and the dreams that he's given you, the visions he's given you, and living your life to the fullest in him. All right, that's what we talk about as apostolics when we're talking about our dream life. It's not uh, what society deems, you know, cars, money, fame, fortune. It is being in the perfect will of God for your life 24 7, 365. That's what we want, and that's our dream life. Yes, that's coming in the new year. We have an opportunity to continue to build on it, but what about what happened over the past, like I said, 365 days, the past year? Okay. There is so much that we ought to be thankful for. And though it is December and we may be running it back a little bit uh, to get to November where Thanksgiving is and the holiday resides, um, it, is, it is something to, to really take note of, of being thankful for the past year, okay? Because if you're anything, if you're, I say anything like me, but if you're plugged into the Holy Ghost and if you're plugged into the Spirit and you're doing your best to walk every single day living for God in strength and in power, there's going to be a lot that you cover in 365 days, a lot of seasons, a lot of trials, a lot of uh, uh, mountaintops and, and uh, gosh, some dark valleys that you would go through that the Holy Ghost is going to keep you through. He's going to call you up there. He's going to keep you down there. And uh, we have an opportunity at the end of the year to go back and remind ourselves of what happened. Okay? That sounds so trivial. It sounds so meaningless almost. But here's what I'm getting at. Okay, when we remind ourselves, well, first we got to remember, okay, that words matter. And so let's really look at the, maybe not the deep definition, but like, what does the word remind mean? It means to bring your mind together again. And so there is these moments that happen in January, February, August, April, okay, that we need to be reminded of, moments where God stepped in, moments where God provided for you, moments where there is a, the, a supernatural power that overcame you and you were able to push through that trial, push through that test and get the A plus that you needed to get, all right, in that test that God's given you. There are those times. And as we go from one thing to another, one day to another, one week to another, one month to another, one year to another, we can oftentimes forget and our minds get scattered with all the other things to do in life. And so what we need to do is that at the end of the year is take time to remind ourselves, bring that mind that was in April, in August, in March, in February, where God performed something great, where he did something that was notable. We need to bring that mind back again. Why? Because what faith level did you have in February when you really needed God to come through and you were at your wits end, but you trust and you obeyed and you, you had faith and your faith was super high and then God came through. Well, in December, 
you may be facing another trial or situation or circumstance. And when you remind yourself, or I guess this is like a life principle, it doesn't have to be in December, but it can be in any time. When you remind yourself of the things that God has done for you in the past, well, you bring back that faith. You bring back that determination, that courage, that tenacity, that fearlessness, that trust in God. You bring those things back when you remind yourself, you're reminding yourself, you're bringing that mind back again. That's one of the reasons why when the children of Israel crossed into the promised lands, and even before that with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, there were so many altars, there were so many memorials, things to remind us, to get our memory back as to, I made this covenant with God. God saw me through the Jordan River. God did this, and God saw us here, and God saw us there. So, and even when Israel was backsliding and doing all the stuff that they were doing and uh, kings and, and uh, uh, gosh, the tribes of Israel when they were backsliding, right? Before Nebuchadnezzar came in, the Assyrians and all that stuff. Even when, when that was happening, there was times where God is speaking through Isaiah. God's speaking through Jeremiah like, hey, do you remember that I was the one who brought you out of Egypt? God's going back hundreds of years to that time where he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Why? Because God remembers. He doesn't need to be reminded. He sees all things in, you know, in time and he's outside of time so he can see everything at once. He's infinite. But he was reminding them about something that he deemed was a very, very, very powerful thing that he did. And so it's like one of those things where when we remind ourselves, remind ourselves, there's power that comes with the remembrance. There's power that comes with the reminding. And one of the things that comes, not just with the faith and the, the power and the trust that you have in God and the hope and, and all those great things, it's not just that that comes. It's the lessons, the lessons that come when you remind yourself of what God has done in your life. And so what I want to do is I want to take the lessons that I learned in 2022. I learned seven critical lessons, seven core lessons in 2022 that I didn't know in 2021 and 2020 and 19 and 18. There's seven core um, uh, principles and, and lessons that I learned that I want to share with you today. All right. And that's the purpose of this podcast. Seven lessons from 2022. With Avil Easter, Yappa238. Some people think that's my name. That's actually not my name. Uh, but Yappa238 here on the Yappa Salt Podcast. Yappa standing for Young Yappa Salt Power in Action. All right. So for those of you guys who are new to um, Yappa238 and uh, everything that we're doing here on Yappa, go ahead and like, subscribe. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube and if you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting platforms, make sure you leave us a five star review so that it can help the algorithm and more people will see it and more people will get the AppSoc content that we uh, give out here on the AppSoc podcast in, in like a long form. If you guys want short form stuff, you go to YouTube. If you want even shorter form stuff, go to Instagram and watch our reels because those have been blowing up. And uh, this is kind of a side note, a little win for Yappa 238. We've been, as of October 23rd, Yappa 238 has been around for seven years. Ooh, seven lessons in 2022, seven years. It must be a big thing. And actually it is. Okay. Um, I'm not too big on like, I don't know all the numbers and stuff when it comes to God and all that stuff, not numerology, but like numbers and how they like the, the Hebrew that correlates with them. And I just don't know all that. I, all I know is that three is a popular number. <laughs> All right, Jesus in the grave for three days. And seven means something. And seven is the number of completion. Um, on the seventh day, uh, God rested. All right, so seven is, is an important number. Well, it's funny, okay? Because 
Yappa 230 has been a ministry that's been around for seven years. We've done podcasts, we've done blogs, we've done um, YouTube videos. We have like over 400 videos on YouTube. And uh, for a long time, there was just continuing to go at it. And we just kept going, we just kept going. We just keep going. ups and downs and highs and lows and ins and outs. God saw Yappa 230 through to seven years. And the month after the seventh year um, opened, boom, some of the greatest reach that we've ever had, just it just happened, just blew up, all right? So in uh, October 23rd, uh, 2022 is when Yappa turned seven years old. Okay, by mid-November, like November 14th, Yappa was on track to to reach 1 million accounts, 1 million people seeing apostolic teaching, 1 million, okay? Right after that, there was uh, 300,000. After that, 150,000. So stacked on top of each other, one, and then that one uh, video ended up going to 1.1 million. So now we have 1.1 plus three, four. So we're at like 1.5 million by the end, like November 20th, within like a week's time, we've gone, we got gained so much traction online. It's like, what in the world? This is maddening. This is insane. But I would like to share this. Um, it was, oh, well, before I do that, it wasn't just the reach, though. We had politicians coming across the content, commenting. We had entertainers. Christian entertainers. Um, we had, uh, I mean, people that like names you guys would know, like if I started saying them right now and maybe I, maybe I should, there's a few people that we had on there, but, um, uh, some comedians, influencers, uh, YouTubers have like a million followers on YouTube or a million subscribers on YouTube. I'm getting old when I get, when you know, you know, you're getting old when you can't even keep up with the, the reels and, and, and on this platform, it's called followers on that platform it's called friends and whatever subscribers. So anyway, oh man, or maybe it's just too many platforms, but, um, there was a, a list of blue check marks, man. I probably had like I probably can count for 40 different blue check marks that of people who are verified to be doing something in the world that came across as apostolic content and liked it and followed. And I mean, just amazing, amazing amounts. So um, it, it's just, it's just absolutely insane. So it wasn't just 1.5 million accounts reached in uh, five or six days. Um, or I, I think, I guess over the, the entirety of that duration it probably been nine days or 10 days. It wasn't just that. It was these influential people, you know, from um, some of the biggest people in uh, the Christian gospel space to some of the largest entertainers to, to uh, within the social media space to YouTubers and stuff like that. There's a, a bunch of people. And I'm not saying this to brag or toot my own horn. There's no horn to toot. What it is is that God, God got his message to Oh man, no, I'm gonna start talking to you, man. Got his his teachings to hungry souls because this was some very straightforward apostolic teaching, apostolic preaching. And it was it was tagging so many people, and so many people were responding to it positively, which means that there is a dire desire in the world for truth, for true preaching. Again, from politicians to entertainers to gospel singers to a bunch of other people, influencers, people want the stuff, man. People want it. And I'm looking at that like, oh, my goodness, dude, this is about souls, man. So, some people talking about a billion soul revival. Well, guess what, man? 
it may just happen. <laughs> I believe it. Now, check this out. I was just recently on uh, Instagram Reels, and I was uh, scrolling through, and I seen um, a, a Christian post. Well, when I went to see who liked it, and my finger slipped because I well I saw a, a friend, and I was like, okay, and I went to scroll off it, but I hit the little like deal, and I saw an apostolic, an apostolic, an apostolic, an apostolic, a non-apostolic. Someone who I, I'm connected with, that's not apostolic. And then she's not apostolic. And they live in Missouri, and this person lives in, uh, some of you guys may know this, uh, Folsom, El Dorado Hills, you know, Northern California. But they're coming across the same piece of content. So I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. Oh, don't get me started. Does that mean that Yappa230 can make a post and a million people see it? And people that, that, uh, someone who follows Yapa 230 is connected with. That's what they've been praying for. They've been interceding for. And God sends this little thing through the algorithm because God's greater than the algorithm. And it gets over to that person and kind of gives them a little shake. Then another piece of content, another little shake. Then another little piece of content, then another little shake. And then boom, 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 boom. Oh my goodness, it is possible. Don't tell me it's not. So God can leverage and use Yapa content, online ministries to reach the world. You can't tell me otherwise. I don't believe it, 100%. Then later on, a couple weeks later, another post takes off. Right now it hasn't cracked a million. It's like 900,000. Then this one has 50,000. This one has 37,000. This is 37,000 people. Do you realize that the one of the largest Absol gatherings that has ever happened on planet Earth? Well, okay, let me take that back. Take that way back because there's been crusades and stuff that had 100,000 people on there. But let, I mean, even talking about those crusades, like we've been able to reach that in like a week without the, the expenditure of resources to put on a, a, a crusade or a massive conference that seats 37,000 people, 37,000 absolute young people. But, it, but, it's, but that message can still rattle them. Message can still shake them. So I am super excited. I just want to testify to the glories of God, what God is doing in Yapa 238, because um, I don't, we're definitely not... We're definitely not slowing down. And uh, it's the seventh year. It's the seven year, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm excited about that because the seven number of completion, we're going to start seeing a lot of the promises that God has promised Yappa 238 come to pass. So make sure you stay tuned. Also subscribe and join the Firestarter community because we have a bunch of cool stuff coming out from there. And then we're also going to be doing some events, um, in-person events around the nation in 2023. So follow Yappa 238. Get a part of the Facebook group so that um, you guys can get access to the monthly prayer meetings that we do, the Yappa Fam prayer meetings, the monthly hangouts that we do, the Yappa uh, Fam Zoom calls. Um, get, get, get that info. Get connected with yappa all right because we're doing some great things and then as i mentioned the fire starter community where um it's more of the equipping that we do for young apostolics who have a vision who, ha who want community who you know maybe you don't come from a large youth group but you want people who are like on fire and 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 like-minded that support each other and that are the biggest cheerleaders none of that zero of that of uh false brethren jealousy envy stuff well you're dreaming bigger than i'm dreaming and all that stuff that stifles revival. None of that in the Firestarter community. You want to join because we also we give you the equipment. We give you access to three master classes for free. The call master class, the prayer and fasting master class, and godly dating master class. Um, we can get access to all that. And plus the community where we have monthly prayer meetings We ha within the community. We have monthly prayer meetings. We have, um, goodness, 
opportunities for us to celebrate our wins. We have, I mean, just a whole bunch of stuff to keep you accountable for your goals and life that you say you want to live in God and the life that God's called you to live. So join the Firestarter community. Go to firestartercommunity.com and uh, join us. All right, so promos out of the way and super excitement for 2023 out of the way. Let's go ahead and jump into um, what my seven lessons from 2022 are. Are you ready? Cool. Let's get to it. So first lesson, lesson numero uno, all right? God's timing is perfect, yes. Great, yes. Everything I could ever want, yes. But God's timing and this is the first lesson, is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, wow, goodness. <laughs> Yapa 38. Like I said, for we, we started back in 2015, and in 2015, we were going hard. And I remember the, the, uh, the summer of 2016, because I got in a relationship, I was in a relationship for a few months, and, um, you know, I got super distracted as, you know, young apostolics who've really never been in a relationship when they first they get in their first one they get super distracted and all oh, love 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 and all that stuff it's like okay whatever anyway so i got a little bit distracted <laughs> i came back in uh, september of uh, 2015 i believe it was and in 2016 we started seeing a ton of momentum because we did the podcast and then we did the thoughts of the day and for you guys who remember the totds way back in 2016 there were daily videos daily youtube videos where I'll just give a thought that I had for the day. And the Holy Ghost used the thoughts of the day to spread Yappa's message. Like out the gate, we were going and in Yappa 238, spread, it spread, it spread, it spread. Well, I remember in early, the early, um, I think it was like March or so of 2016, I remember sitting there thinking like, dude, dude, I think we can get to 100,000 followers by the end of the summer. 100,000. And I knew some accounts out there, some Christian accounts, they were big, they were huge. They had millions of followers. And I'm like, dude, 100,000 is not a lot, but 100,000 would be a massive, mighty, big, powerful thing to accomplish, big impact. And so I remember thinking, I was like, okay, cool. So by the end of the, end of the year, we'll definitely be at 100K. <laughs> God's timing is uncomfortable. See, I understood that, well, okay, so let me say it like this. I had a thought in my head, 100K by the end of the year. But God knew what he was doing. God wasn't setting something up to where, you know, any man could get any glory from, from it. And he wasn't going to give something to someone who wasn't tested. And that was me. I hadn't been tested like that. I mean, yes, I walked through trials and tribulations and stuff. But when it came to the, the call for, of God for my life, the call, okay, up until about 19, that's, not, that's my age at, um, excuse me, in 2015, um, when I got Yapa from a time of prayer and everything, uh, it, at, at that time, like, I, I had visions and dreams of what I was going to do for God. But I was on the backside of the desert fighting my lions and my bears. I had trials and situations that came up that, um, goodness, you know, with uh, just, uh, in my teenage years that re really were trying times. But I had fought the lion and the bear. And then God now was giving me this opportunity to do something called Yapa 238. And I didn't know it was going to control the next seven years of my life. Um, largely, 
all right? But he gave it to me. And when he, and God gave it to me in that time of prayer, it didn't come because, you know, uh, people were patting me on the back and, hey, you should do this and all that. It, it didn't come like, oh, traditional um, ministry. This was God prayed, Holy Ghost, Acts 2.38 or Acts 2, the book of Acts type stuff, spirit-ledness, like, oh, God, are you doing this? Okay. That kind of sounds weird. I don't know anybody who's using the, the internet like that. This is okay, but we're going to go. We're going to go ahead and go, right? It was one of those things. And, uh, and so, so God knew that I needed to be tested. God knew that I needed to, to walk through this season where I may not be able to really get to that hundred K. It may take a while. And that's what happened. So me and my hearts and you, oftentimes you can find these parallels where God gives you a promise and you want it right away. You're like Joseph. You're like Moses. You're like every other human being. When they get a promise from God, they get excited. They want some of it. Oh, man, it's going to happen fast. Well, it doesn't really happen like that. It doesn't really work that way. Yes, God does move and God can give you things fast, but oftentimes he will have you go through a process to make sure that you can sustain the thing on the upside. He has you going down into the the, the dirt and just moving, uh, going deep in, in just moving out dirt and getting the earthworms out and getting the clay out and just getting those rocks and go deep, deep, deep so that you can plant a root system that will sustain the height of your growth. Okay, well. That's, that's good stuff right there. Because <laughs> it's saying the height of your growth. I didn't see that. I didn't expect that. And so by the end of the year, we didn't get to 100K. We're kind of at 1,500. <laughs> we have a almost, a, what is that, 65, 75X more to go. We got to really like make this happen. That didn't happen. Well, year two came by. Year three, year four, year five. And uh, we slowly grew, got to 7,500 followers. <laughs> and uh, the, 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 the vision, the promises, the this is what you will do with Yapa, and this is the impact, and this and that, all the things that I source from prayer, yeah, not really seeing it 100%. In fact, things got trying, and things got tough, and they, this happened, that happened. But God, he was still there. Year six rolls, rolls around. And, I, and at that point, you just kind of abandon the whole thing. God, I'm not in control of this thing because, yo, if it, I, I try to have it my way multiple times, and we didn't hit 100K <laughs> at the first year, and we didn't hit it again the second or the third. I just gave up. All right, I'm done with my thing. Well, God's timing is uncomfortable. And so when I got out of that comfortability, like I can do this thing, and it's not ego, well, maybe it is ego, but I wasn't thinking in the egotistical proud way. It was just like, no, I could do this. God's on my side. Let's go. But then, you know, you find out that maybe I need to trust God more instead of trying to do things the way that I think they should be done in my timing. Well, that's what I had experienced. I got to the place where I was like, all right, Jesus, this is all you. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to continue doing this. And uh, when, you know, we got to that point, God shifted some things around, seventh year, and we launch into it. And within two weeks, well, let me say, let's say within four weeks of the um, the seventh year of Yappa 2.30 opening up, 
we had doubled our followership from like 11K to like 21K. Or maybe that's not double. <laughs> we had gained 10,000 followers. We gained what we gained in what took us six and a half years to get or six years and nine months literally to get. We got within uh, two weeks of a post going viral. Four weeks from the time you have a 230 turn seven years old. God's timing is uncomfortable. So in your life where you're at right now, you may be in a scenario or a season where you're, you're fighting your lions and you're fighting your bears. Your promise hasn't come to pass yet. I'm be the bearer of real news, not bad news, but real news. It's not about your timing. You may be walking through that season for another three or four years. You may be walking in that time for another five or seven years. You just got your promise from God that you're going to go out there and evangelize the world. You're going to be that missionary that, that breaks these yokes and destroys these bonds off that country. I'm just saying, it may take another nine years or a total of nine years. Now, I will say that we are living in those last days and God's speeding things up. So you don't have to settle for that. What you need to settle, you don't settle for my word, settle for God's timing. But it may be uncomfortable. Things may not happen as fast as you want it to. You start that podcast, you want those followers, you want to make that impact. It may not happen that fast. You start that blog, it may not happen that fast. You you uh, get your license and and uh, or maybe whatever you do is independent church, whatever you're, you start that thing to go out and minister. It may not happen that fast. And the timing of God is uncomfortable. Maybe it's too fast sometimes. Sometimes it's too slow. The timing of God, the lesson that I learned, the first lesson I learned in 2022 is the timing of God is uncomfortable. Sometimes it's, it's, it takes longer than it needs to. Sometimes it's, it, <laughs> he's trying to get you to go super quick and you feel like you're trying to catch up with him and you're stressing out because all the pressures, you're, it's the things that God, you asked for. God, I want this to happen. I want that to happen. But you didn't know the weight. You didn't know the pressure that'll come. And now the pressure is bearing down on you and you have to move fast because God's timing is fast. And so now you're under all this pressure. Before you point a finger at God to ask him to relieve the pressure that he's allowing on you, before you point a finger at God and get irritated at him or frustrated at him for allowing these things to be, just mind yourself. Let's say this, remind yourself that this could be something that you asked for. You just didn't know it looked like this. God's timing is uncomfortable. All right, so that's the first lesson. Let it stretch you. Let it mold you. Let God's timing that's uncomfortable, let it do something to you. All right, second lesson. All right. Whoo, this is a good one. Spirit-led isn't always spirit-felt. We walk by faith, not by sight. All right, so. Uh, sometimes you have to walk with God without the feelings. Sometimes living for God is, is seeing his word and obeying that to a T. Spirit led is not always spirit felt. Okay, so it was uh, sometime this year. It was 22, lessons I learned in 22. Um, uh, I, I remember, man, getting to the place to where um, let's see. <laughs> this is more so recent. I'm praying and I'm asking God. I said, God, I want to I wanna obey you. 
I want to I want to love you. I want to I want to have a relationship with you. Not predicated on my feelings. Okay. Now, some people may say, "Oh, you know, that's a that's a good prayer to pray. I don't want I don't want to have my relationship with God dictated by how I feel, whether I'm up or down or left or right or in or out. I, that's a good prayer to pray. Yeah, but hold on, <laughs> brother and sister. The reality is that praying that prayer, I kind of had an inclination as to what was going to happen. All right. And this is probably like end of summer, right? Had an inclination. If I ask God or tell him that I don't want my relationship with him to be predicated on feelings, and emotions, then he may have me obey without feelings and emotions, which means things are going to have to get a little different in my relationship with God. Things are going to have to get a little bit different in how I do things. And God, as long as you're there with me, God, I, I hope you help me because it's going to be kind of scary. <laughs> so I prayed the prayer. I prayed the prayer at the end of the year. And as I was praying, um, you know, I started, okay, you know, we teach this on Yappa, open your eyes, watch for it, look for it, the prayer, the answer to the prayer, because if you don't watch for it, you may miss it. Think about it. If your eyes are closed to something God's trying to give you, you're never going to take it. You're never going to get a hold of it. It'll never become yours. So keep your eyes open. That's expectation, having faith and, and that expectation type faith. So I had my eyes open. I didn't really see it. I didn't really see it until just, you know. A couple weeks ago where God took me on a journey. He told me to do a few things. I obeyed. He told me to do this and do that, do this. I said, okay. And in that process of me obey, obeying, I'm not going to share exactly what it was, but I, I, my mind was open. Excuse me. My mind was open. My mind was open to who, it's not just who God is, but my mind was open to uh, how I needed to walk over the next however long. The depth, the, the deeper revelation of a faith walk. Okay, so faith walk. What's a faith walk? A faith walk is you asking God to come. Can I go over there to you, Jesus? You're on the water standing there. Everybody's in this boat. I want to do something different, Jesus. I want, I want to have a different experience with you. I don't want to just stay in the, in the shallows. I don't want to stay in the comfortability of this boat. I want to go out there and experience you in that, in, in, in that area, in that domain, out in the deep. And it's fantastic and, uh, to pray those type of prayers. And it's, and it's beautiful and it sounds so exhilarating and it sounds such like a, a masterful thing to pray. Pray those prayers, you'll sound super, super cool. Okay, until you start walking. And now you're on a faith walk. You're not walking on water, you're walking on word. Okay, Peter didn't walk on the water. He walked on the word of God. When God said, come, if you go back, I think it's in Matthew, Matthew's account. Jesus said one word, not come thou or Peter come. So just come, come. All right, you said you want it, come out here. So we get a word from God. As young people, oh yeah, let's go. And then we got to start walking and that's our faith walk. So we walk on the word. Well, when we're walking on the word, it didn't mean the storm didn't go nowhere. The waves didn't go anywhere. The deep, dark blackness of night didn't go anywhere. The lightning streaking across the sky and shattering it in a million places didn't go nowhere. The thunder that echoes after that lightning strips the sky open. That didn't go nowhere. The rain beating down on your face, that didn't go nowhere. 
<laughs> life happens and you got and you got to keep walking on the word well couple that faith walk with me praying jesus i want to i want to just i just want to follow you without needing to 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 have my emotions involved and and obeying not predicated on emotions and me with my young self all right, all over there like, you know, okay, this is kind of getting a little intense. And so what, what ended up happening? Well, God gave me a word, do this, I did that. God gave me another word, do this, I did that. God gave me another word, do this, and I did that. And I looked to my right, and I looked to my left, and I said, whoa, this is getting kind of scary. <laughs> all right, this is getting kind of crazy. Because I can't go back. I can't retrace my steps. I, I can't go to my right or my left. There's no place for me to go except for four. But four is scary. And to my right, scary. And to my left, scary. And so recently, I was uh, praying, just asking God, God, I feel to take this next step. Uh, but let me take that back. God, I know that I'm supposed to take this next step, but I'm scared. My feelings say I'm scared. My heart, my heart's thumping. I'm nervous about this next step I'm about to take. You're the, what, what it sounds like you're telling me is I have to do this, God, but I don't have any peace inside. And before everyone starts, well, you're supposed to have peace when, when God calls you to do something. Well, I don't know about that. I think, I think you can be called and be terrified. I think you, be, you can be called and have a ton of fear. I think you can, you can be called and be scared to death. All right? I think that can happen. So I'm like, God, I'm looking for the peace that passes all understanding. And then it's reminded. But you asked. You didn't want to be predicated on feelings. You didn't want to be predicated upon emotions. Right now, God was allowing me to, or at that moment, he was allowing me to feel fear. And scaredy catness. <laughs> he, he was allowing me to feel that. And that feeling was in direct co contradiction to his word. Okay? I believe the disciples were called. I believe the apostles were called. But there was times in the boat where they were terrified for their lives. They feared for their lives. Well, the peace of God is supposed to keep you. Well, you know, maybe, yeah. But in real life, real talk. When you're actually doing it, you can be terrified but still be with Jesus. God's not going to leave you. In fact, he's going to come, at, come to you and pick you up and help you out and help you stand on his word again. So, again, spirit-led, being spirit-led isn't always spirit-felt. You don't always feel it. And so my emotions were saying fear. And God was saying, come. All right? So what I had to do, this is one of the lessons I learned. I mean, this is literally we're pretty fresh. What I have to learn? Oh, God's trying to answer my prayer. I asked him, I don't want my, my faith and my obedience to be predicated upon how I feel. I want it to be predicated on the word of God because I know the word can, will stay and my feelings will go crazy. Well, guess what? The perfect scenario. My feelings are going crazy and God's word is telling me to come. So I went <laughs> and I went and I repented. I said, God, you know, I, I'm sorry. I asked for this because I don't want to my emotions to, to dictate what I do for you. God, I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to swallow my fears. Okay? Understand that it's false evidence appearing real. I'm going to swallow my fears and get rid of those fears and keep on stepping and keep on walking. Put a smile on my face even though I'm a little bit nervous. And we're going to continue 
by the grace of Jesus. <laughs> That's how I felt. But who cares about my feelings? Sp- being being spirit-led is not always spirit-felt. You're not always going to feel the spirit of God when you go out there to conquer your Canaan's land. You may not feel the spirit of God when you go out there to obey Jesus when he says to come. You may not feel the Holy Ghost and the goosebumps and have super faith and joy and peace when you go out there to evangelize that world that you're called to evangelize, to be that missionary that you're supposed to be. You may not feel all those feelings, but my brother and sister, can I be real with you? Who cares? Who cares about your feelings? Who cares about your emotions? Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't care. The disciples, Master, do you care if we drown? No, I'm with you. I'm at the bottom of your ship, bro. I'm down here. I'm with you. I'm the one, I'm further out than you are. I'm telling you to come. I'm here. God doesn't care about your feelings. Why should we care about our feelings as much as we care about our feelings? Just because we feel it doesn't mean we have to see where I'm going with it. Being spirit-led isn't always being spirit-felt. You may not feel the Holy Ghost. You got to walk by your faith. I believe in the word of God. When he says, come, that if I take my... When I take my next step, I'm going to survive. I'm going to, to thrive in that next step because I'm standing not on what I feel, but on the word of God that is forever settled in heaven once it comes out of the master's mouth. So I'm walking on on the word of God based off my faith. I'm going to continue no matter what I feel, no matter what I see, no matter what big waves over here or the blackness of night over there or way or a water spraying in my face from the the rain and the lightning that's that's opening up the sky like I'm not going to the wind that's knocking me off balance. I'm not going to focus on those things. I'm going to look at Jesus, the word made flesh, and know that the next step that I take in my faith walk It's going to be on his word. Spirit led is not always spirit felt. And that's the second lesson I learned in 2022. Third lesson of 2022 for your boy Abel Easter here at yappa238.com and on the Apostolic Podcast. There's always a Jesus at the bottom of your ship. All right. There's always a Jesus at the bottom of your ship. So in December of 2021, there was a particular uh, trial that I was, that I was entering. <laughs> okay. I was <laughs> literally, I was entering this trial and, uh, they, there is a, a, a lot of hands involved and, uh, it wasn't, um, any, uh, anything in the body of Christ. It wasn't anything, um, you know, it had nothing to do, uh, no, nothing that was deeply emotional. This was all, <sighs> like corporate stuff, <laughs> adulting stuff, right? But I, I started to move into this trial. This opportunity opened up for X, Y, and Z. I took advantage of it. And I didn't know that I was going to face one of the uh, most vicious fights of my adult years. One of the most vicious fights, definitely not the most, but one of the most vicious fights of my adult years. And so I started in, you know, talking to this person, contacting this person, doing these things, right? And uh, as time progressed, you know, we started getting closer to uh, a finalization of this particular thing. Well, one day, the email comes. The email that I've been waiting for. The email that I'm super excited about. The email that, like, oh my goodness, this is going to, yes, it's happening. It's happening. And in January, gosh, I think it was like January 
I'm sorry, February 3rd. I remember the dates, man. I remember the dates. February 3rd, after spending all of January going back and forth and making these things happen, this adulting stuff, right? I get the email that I've been waiting for. I'm like, dude, oh my goodness, it's crazy. It's 2 a.m. I'm super excited. I go in there, type it, uh, or uh, open my email, and, and, and I click on it. And I get the document that I'm waiting for, open I look at the document, and it wasn't what I wanted to see. The door that I believed was open just got slammed in my face, and you started hearing all the bolt locks on the other side. And I was like, oh my goodness. Now wait, hold on. Y'all don't even understand. I had X, Y, and Z hinged on this thing. I had this situation and this thing that I was going to do and this way I was going to impact the kingdom of God. I had all these different things predicated upon this and you guys slammed the door in my face? I'm like, no, no, wait a second, wait a second. So I start doing research and I start doing this and that and come to find out there's a, a loophole. I said, okay, I got to take this. I got I to see what happens. And so we jumped into it. Me and my, my family was there, helped me along in this process. My dad's super supportive. My mom's super supportive. They're helping us get this thing done. They're helping me get this thing done. And I'm over there and, and we're working through it. And so I push and I'm on the phone and I'm calling this person, all this stuff. And I'm like, I got to get this thing because, whew, man, then certain other things started happening in my life. That began to fail and this door started closing and this and I'm like, oh my goodness, more pressure, more pressure, more pressure. I got to make this one thing that I, this, this, this is the only thing I can make work. I have to make this thing work because, oh my goodness, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't have this, this thing open. And so this door opens. So I'm praying and I'm asking God, God, help me. God, do this. God, do that. And in prayer, I was talking to, the, to God about it one early morning and he started showing me things. Hey, this can happen and that can happen and this door can open and that door can open. And this, and so I'm like, okay, God's on my side with this thing. I feel the confirmation. I know it's the right thing and, and, and there's nothing wrong with it. Nothing inherently wrong, nothing morally wrong. It's just, I, this is what, and this is what God wants. So I got to take another whack at it and my faith begin to build again. So I'm going and I'm like, all right, cool. So we're doing this and we're doing that and I'm praying about it and, and, and I'm doing this. And so February comes February goes. Now we're at the end of March and I'm over there. I'm still fighting tooth and nail to get this thing done. God's on my side. I'm working hard. I'm doing what I can do. I'm on the phone. I'm doing this. I'm faxing. I'm emailing, blah, 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 all this stuff. All right. And then we start getting close to a decision being made. I'm excited about it. I'm getting stoked. I'm like, okay, this is going to happen. This, this, this is going to be great. And so I hop on the phone with the decision maker. Hey, Aviel, X, Y, and Z, this and that. And that door that was open, that door I was going for so hard with the Holy Ghost behind me and just fighting. Boom. Slams in my face again for the second time. And with a nasty attitude and a vindictive uh lack of a better way of saying it, spirit, attitude from the decision maker. Boom, slammed in my face. Again. Hold on now. Wait a second. 
I had just spent the past how many months praying, how many months finagling away to, to, to keep on moving and this and that, all these different things. And I'm like praying and pressing and pushing and doing, speaking and prophesying and speaking to the thing, doing everything that they taught me to do in the church, everything that I knew to do in the Bible. And we're going at it and the door closes again. No, 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 no. We got to do something about this. So me with my weary self, I go to bat again. I get up there and I'm like, uh, oh, well, well, let's back it up. So I'm like, okay, we're going to do this again. Saturday. What was it, Saturday? Yeah, it was, no, it was Friday. Friday, 11, 10, 9, 8, probably the 8th of April. I'm like, Lord Jesus, I need you to do something. I need you to work. I'm going to take this last action and it's going to happen. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> so I took the action, did the thing I was supposed to do. Well, Friday, we were doing something. Saturday, I begin to think about all the things that have happened. This said, they missed this and that happened, all these different things. And I'm like, God, I need you, Jesus. And I started getting discouraged. I mean, maybe not discouraged as much as frustrated with all the things. And then Sunday comes along. Sunday morning, I'm praying, and I'm like, God, please, I need this. I need you to do this because, Lord Jesus, you know, I've been in this fight. I've been in this battle. And what ends up happening? Pastor's preaching a me message. I know the thoughts I have towards you, saith God or the Lord. He's trying to, pro well, thoughts to prosper you. I don't know the scripture verbatim. I know more one scripture than <laughs> scripture, but anyway. <laughs> Thoughts to prosper you, to bring you to an expected end. And I was like, wait a second. All right, Jesus. All right. If you know the thoughts you have towards me and you want to bring me to an expected end, I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you. God, can you move in this scenario again? God, can you open this season up? God, can you do this? God, can you do that? Well, gosh, man, I'm about to cry. Um, then Sunday night. Sunday night service, I get to the altar and the altar call. And I'm like, God, I said, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to trust you. I've done everything that I know to do. I've been trusting in this process, but no, I'm talking about where it's just Jesus. It's all Jesus. It's just Jesus. And literally in my mind's eye, I walk down to the, the bottom of the ship that I'm in with the winds tossing and the waves going crazy. And I see Jesus in my mind's eye, and he's laying there asleep. What do I do? Not knowing anything else to do. But I walk over to him, and I sit down on the bench that he's laying on. And I just, I don't know what else to do except to sit here and trust you. I'm not going to go down. It's going to happen. It has to happen. I don't got anything else in me. This is it. I'm just going to trust you. So get home, go to sleep, wake up in the early a.m. Trying to figure things out again, get going back up at bat. Boy, well, you just said you're going to trust God. Yes, but I was also going to do my human part and go like uh, Elisha or Elijah sent the servant. Hey, go look to see if that hand's there or not the hand, but. Tell me when you see rain. So he goes there. He keeps going, going back there, back. Blah, blah, blah. Then he comes back. He said, hey, I come back again. 
Okay. I, I did what you were supposed to do. I'm coming back at it. I'm 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 getting getting up at bat again. All right. I'm there. And now I see something. Looks like like a man's hand. Oh, that's the provision of God. There it comes. So I'm doing that number, right? Not that I'm trying to like uh, his trusting God, irresponsible Christianity says trust God means you you don't do anything and you be lazy. No, when you wait on the Lord, that waiting is you serving and, and actively waiting. Waiting is is, is not uh, twiddling your thumbs. Waiting is this activity where you're waiting, seeing, expecting God to move. If you go look, go look at it in the Hebrew, or is it they that wait on the Lord to renew with their strength? That word there is has a connotation of expecting. It's not just twiddling your thumbs and you know flatlining and not doing anything. So. Go back to bed, cause yeah, I just I I woke up too early or whatever. And at eleven <laughs> eleven a.m., I whip my phone out and I look into my inbox, and the email that I was waiting for that was on the other side of the door. Remember the last conversation I had with the decision maker? Nasty attitude. Close the door. Okay, well, <laughs> going around the door, uh-huh, there's this one little email that I was waiting for. The email came. And I look at my phone, and I'm like, I look at it, and I'm like, what in the world? Barely rubbing my eyes. Like, I don't even have time to open my eyes. I'm trying to, or excuse me, rub my eyes. I'm trying to open my eyes wide enough to just, we're all, like, I could see clearly. So I look, and I'm like, that's it. I said, it happened. It's done. It's over. Dude, I'm about to cry because it's over. It's done. Jesus did it. He took care of it. It wasn't that I talked to someone again. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't have have me go there again. He just did it for me. And I remember I was like, oh my goodness, man. April 11th, 2022. And I um I got up and I and I was telling my parents and I was telling my siblings, I'm like, God did it. I didn't have to do anything. Like I did, I did everything I needed to do. I did my, took care of my part, you know, but, but he did it and he did it. He, he didn't have to, he, he didn't have me go through, through the same process again. He, he leapfrogged and did it. And I was so, I was so like overjoyed. I was like, oh my goodness. So I, I I felt the Holy Ghost. I felt the okay in the Holy Ghost. I turned on my voice memo after, gosh, talking to people for like an hour and a half, just telling everyone of, about the 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 good things about family and and uh, just celebrating. And uh, I recorded what to me was like a song or like a psalm more so about what God did to me in my life that I'll forever remember. And I marked the new holiday for my life. It's April 11th. Every April 11th, I'm going to take a day to worship God, to thank him, to celebrate. Like I call it Aviel's Purim, all right? The Feast of Purim or the whatever, Purim in the Jewish, where they take time to celebrate God delivering them from uh, Haman. Goodness, man, that's my own. And so what I learned, what, man, third lesson? Gosh, this is going to be a long podcast. (laughs) Maybe we split it up in multiple segments, but... Third lesson is that um, there's always a Jesus at the bottom of your ship. 
Somewhere in your trial, somewhere in your circumstance, somewhere in that thing that you're trying to do, that you've been stressing out about, that you're trying to get off the ground or that you're trying to get on the ground, you know, trying to birth or trying to conquer, right? There's always a Jesus that's on board with you. There's always a Jesus. He said, lo, I will be with you always, even until the ends of the earth. And I experienced that in this, in this scenario, uh, April 8th <laughs> or 9th. Or I guess that Sunday would have been the 10th where it was just like, God, I'm done. I don't, I don't know what else to do except to sit here and trust you. And so the third lesson that I learned in 2022 was that there's a Jesus that's always somewhere in your, in your ship. If you're headed in the right direction, if you have your heart towards God, if you're a saint of God, if you're a son of God, a daughter of God, and you want to do the right thing, there's always a Jesus in there somewhere. He, you find him, you find him where, wherever he's at. He, he may not be on the top level. Maybe he's at the bottom level of the ship, wherever he's at, you find where he's at. And then you go to him in trust, not master. Do you care for us? God, do you know what I'm going through? God, do you know how crazy it is out there? Do you know that this ship, this entire thing could be broken up and destroyed? Where are you, Jesus? What are you doing? Why are you sleeping? Instead of coming to him that you say, no, Jesus, no, 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 listen, if you are here, I'm good. I'm okay. If I can just touch the hem of your garment, if I can just get close to you, if I can just uh, handle your face and kiss your face, if I can just get close to you, Jesus, have my fingers run through your hair and touch the sides of your beard, if I can just handle you, Jesus, then I know that I will make it through this thing. This thing won't get me. It won't destroy me. It won't break me. And not because I'm me, but because he's him and he's word made flesh. There's nothing... Ugh. <laughs> If you can find Jesus wherever he's at in your ship, you're going to be okay. Your ship may, like what happened with uh, Paul, the ship may be destroyed, but you got a promise. No one's going to die. Okay, well, the ship's destroyed. That's just moving me into a new, new season and, and, and where I'm able to minister on, I forget the island that he was on, but um, and I'm able to do this and do that. If there's a Jesus, you'll be okay. All right? You agree with me? Hope you said yes. All right, cool. So number four, um, hypocrisy starts with internal compromises. This is the fourth lesson that I learned in 2022. All right, so let's just get real. Um, you know, when you, oh, God, where do we want to get? All right. Um, hmm, growing up in church, uh, I've been, I was born and raised in a pew. I'm a little pew baby when I was a year or whatever, a year and a half. Um, my head was so big, it outweighed the top of my body, and I would slide off the pew <laughs> and just, <laughs> and fall because my head was so big. I love to eat apples, and I'll try to get at that apple, and I'll fall over <laughs> because my head was just a dome piece. But anyway, pew baby, right? I listened to, to preaching uh, since, you know, probably since I was in my mama's tummy, right? So um, uh, growing up, you have this uh, this uh, expectation of the church. You know, church is the, your safe haven. Your, your, the church is your... your um, uh, Gosh, you're safe haven. Yeah, especially when things start going awry in life. Well, as you get older, um, and I hope I I don't ho I hope this doesn't advance young saints too far beyond where they need to be. The church is the safest place on the planet. If you're not in the church, you're going to go to hell. You know, it's like David when David was experiencing Saul's persecution the first time, he ran to Philistia, the land of the Philistines. If you if you notice, there's like the first time he ran from Saul. There's a little. It's just right 
uh, tucked in there in First Samuel. So it's right there. You, you you can miss it if you read too fast or if you listen to your audiobook too fast, your audio Bible too fast. He runs to to the land of the Philistines and Saul said, or excuse me, uh, Samuel says, "Hey, listen." He doesn't actually say this, but he goes out and gets David and brings him back. And what I would like to think is that he said, hey, no, listen, David, I know bad things, terrible things are happening inside the church or inside Israel, but you do not go to the world. Get over here, David. You know, be with I'll protect you, but don't you go to that world. The world, there's death in the world. They, they'll hate you in the world. And this isn't um, David running, because David did it again, <laughs> all right, when he takes the, uh, uh, when he goes not the second time because, okay, yeah, anyway, I'm trying to break down the Bible for you. So David runs one time, okay, then he comes back and Saul's like, hey, we'll be chill. And then Jonathan's like, bro, you better get out of here because my father's going to trying to get, get you again. And then he comes down a little rope deal and uh, puts a little statue thing in the bed. And anyway, so, uh, yeah, okay, so the first time he ran. And no matter how bad it gets in the church, you don't go to the world. If you have that resolve inside of you, all right, you don't try to... You know, um, you know, anyway, just if you have the resolve inside of you, don't try to like mix it up or don't, you know, try to justify your carnal desires and, and your you backsliding. Okay, then that's what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> okay, so you find out there's not, not everyone is, uh, there's false brethren in the church. You'll find out that there's people in church that don't have your best interest in your mind. There's people that are set that are allowed to stay in the church by God to try the, the, the righteous, the true righteous. And that's why if you hear, sometimes you hear the term, there's a church within the church. All right. So there's a church building and then you have the church and the body of Christ. And then you have like the nucleus and in there, there's people who are really living for God. And there's other people who are kind of wishy-washy and doing it because they're, they're they were pew babies or they value a position or they do it for money or they do it for whatever it may be because they have a lineage in this thing or whatever it may be. And I'm not coming at anybody who has a lineage. If anything, man, gosh, I, you know, <laughs> more on you, right? I mean, you know, it's a good thing when you, when you come from that, um, the blessings and blessings and blessings what I'm talking about from generations, but, but it's not about all that stuff. First and primarily, we're all sons and daughters, first generation sons and daughters of God. And so bad things can happen because you have carnality and you have people who uh, can be persuaded by demonic forces to into jealousy and envy and hatred and backbiting and stuff like that. That's why one, one of the reasons, well, anyway. So we can talk about that for a long time, but let's not. <laughs> okay. Um, so with all of that, in 2022, I had a pretty interesting experience where uh, we were supposed to do an event in Houston, Texas um, called the United Live. It was supposed to be an in-person event similar like we did to uh, similar to the way we did it the year before. And this event in Houston was um, uh, you know we had everything planned for it and and I was praying about it and I felt to do a virtual event. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. I was like, God, okay, wait a second. <laughs> Didn't you want to tell me this like earlier before we planned? You know, like before we planned everything, you know, this is kind of good. We're like four weeks out from this event and you're talking about turning it all virtual. But I was, and I was sitting there and I was like, okay. But one of the things that we do here on Yapitude Theory is we tell you to submit to the Holy Ghost. We tell you to practice what you preach. We tell you to, to, uh, uh, to if God tells you to go one way, you go that way. If he ch switches directions on you, you switch directions with, with him. And so I'm like, dude, you know, we talk, talk about it. We teach it. We this and we that. I remember getting on the phone with one of our staff members. And I was like, hey, we're going to have to switch it up. 
we're going to have to switch it up. God's telling us to do that. We would like to do this, but we got to do that. And it created this fork in the road. And the fork in the road, I started to see something. I was like, you know what? There's a lot of people who come to these forks in the road where you can either continue to do your thing or do God's thing. Now, it's said by everybody to do God's thing no matter what. But sometimes we get caught. Do I do God's, God's thing or do I do my thing? And then what ends up happening, and this, we'll go a little deep here. Let's say someone decides to do their thing. Well, the problem is, though, is that they're so, they're so uh, in, encased by the church, by messages that they preached and podcasts that they've done and, and you know, all these words that they said that no one can really see those really deep, intricate decisions that they have to make to do their thing or God's thing. And we'll all be greeted with those, the necessity to make a decision. God's thing, your thing, your thing, God's thing, God's thing, your thing, et cetera. But what most people do or what they can do is that they can do their thing, but because they're so encased, okay, where no one can see that they're actually doing their thing instead of God, God's thing, they think that they can get away with it. Okay? That's one of the reasons why Paul talked about a conscious void of offense. It's like, dude, I, I didn't offend God in my conscience. I don't care what everybody else thinks. I'm just, within me, I didn't do that. So I was on the phone with Sapman. I said, listen, if we tell them that we can't, that, that we got to obey God or they need to obey God, the Apple fam, anybody who listens to the Apple 238's message, they need to obey God, they need to submit, they need to do that, then listen, we're going to have to do it no matter how it breaks our ankles moving in that direction, no matter how much we lose moving in that direction, no matter how much, God will take care of us if we do the right thing. And so we had to make the decision. All right, everyone, we got to, we're doing a virtual event. That's where the Holy Ghost is leading us. Was it the right decision? Well, <laughs> after 16 hours, two days of, of uh, eight hours each day teaching and the response from that, lives literally being changed and for like literally forever being changed because the, the making that shift from an in-person event to a virtual event, yeah, that was the will of God. Yeah, people finding out who they are in God, shifting their identity from what hell gave them and what the world gave them into what God chose for them and standing in that confidence to not be blindsided by hell any longer, to stand up and to rush the gates of hell with the knowledge of who they are in God. Was it worth it? Yeah, it was worth it. But hypocrisy begins with compromise. And the problem is, is that, let's just say it like this, leaders... I'll see if you, now we're going to get shotguns out. People are blasting at me. Um, there can be, let's say, there can be people in positions. Not everyone. Okay, so you start, if, if you have a problem with preachers, they'll come out, or, or leaders and stuff, they'll come out. You, you're not, listen, you got stay saved. Like real talk, okay? If you're a saint, if you're whatever, because you can point your finger up and be just as wrong as someone pointing their finger down, okay? All right, but, um, Leaders have to make decisions, and the reason why they're leaders making decisions or the reason why it's falling upon them so heavily is because people follow them. If no one was following you, then you may not have to make that deep of a decision. Of a decision. If it was just you and yourself, you didn't have a husband or a wife or kids or anything, no one really hanging on you with the decisions you make, then you could do your thing and then self-correct and course-correct later on, you know, hopefully. But when you're a leader, 
now. People are resting on you. So you can do your own thing for a little bit. And when you course correct, there's this, there's this, uh, it's like you're, you fishtail and you lose some people. You can lose some people to the direction that you were going, which was a carnal direction. It's a bad direction. It was a wrong direction. So when you're greeted with the fork in the road, okay, you have, and, and you do the carnal thing, you have two options. Either repent and come clean in front of everybody. Yeah, you guys, I messed up. We got to go back and, and we got to do this, this God's way. Or you can try to keep doing what you're doing to save face. Hypocrisy begins with compromise. And so what ends up happening is if you try to save face, okay, now you're becoming a hypocrite. Slowly but surely. So what do you have to do? Course correct. Humble yourself. God resists the proud. Humble yourself and say, hey, this how we were supposed to do this a long time ago. I got to do Jesus' thing. We're going to go do Jesus' thing. All right? And it was that moment before the United Live that I was like, okay, this is how people get caught up. Yeah, leaders get caught up by having to make these decisions. And instead of breaking their ankles and losing in the short term, I'm doing air quotes for you guys listening to the podcast. Losing, they, instead of doing that, they'll just do what they want to do instead of what God wants them to do. Hypocrisy begins with compromise. Don't compromise and you won't be tempted to become that hypocrite. Well, it's not that you won't be tempted. You may be tempted, but you won't become that hypocrite. All right? So by the grace of God, we avoided that trap and only by his grace, and we took the course that we needed to take. All right, point number five, okay? So we're almost done. I don't know how long this podcast is going. Let me get a little, little check. Oh, we're coming up on an hour. Let's uh, let's uh, let's wrap it up. We'll get, hopefully it's under 90 minutes. All right, um, point number five, the fifth lesson learned in 2022 for me uh, is um, to, uh, to quit limiting God. Quit limiting God. Now, before everyone's like, oh, that's easy, quit limiting him. No, 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 no. There are areas of your life that are uncomfortable for you to even think about engaging in, okay? It's just uncomfortable. You don't want to go there. You don't want to do that. You don't want to engage in that part of ministry. You don't think you'll be good at that. It's embarrassing. It's, uh, it can be overwhelming, okay? Don't limit God because you could be limiting God. God's operation through you because you think that's embarrassing or you think that's, you know, not for you or it's overwhelming or it's too big or how will I handle myself, fear of success, fear of, fail fear of failure, whatever it may be. You're limiting God when you do that. All right? So <laughs> within the past 365 days, I had an experience where um, I was talking with my spiritual authority and um, my dad, he got that squinty eye, that, you know, that, that squinty eye. Like, Wait a second. I'm seeing something in the spirit. And I'm talking, I'm talking, and I'm like, <laughs> I went from like talking to this, like, okay, you know, just waiting, like, looking, looking, okay, what's going to come? Looks up at me, points his finger, says, don't, don't limit God. Don't limit God in Yap, and don't limit God in your life. And I was like, oh, <laughs> because I, I knew that I had been limiting God in my life. None of us are perfect, so here's one of my imperfections. <laughs> I, I, it wasn't embarrassment. It wasn't this. It was, it was like the fear of failure and doing this and doing that because what it was was I was shying my face away from ministry. 
in the capacity of standing behind a pulpit, evangelizing, and specifically the office of the prophetic. Now, before people start throwing stones at me, you want to call yourself a prophet? Hey, listen, I'm just saying what the Holy Ghost is telling me, all right? Don't get mad at me for my relationship with God. Oh, that's pride. That's arrogance. Ego. No, what, what needs to happen is we need everyone who knows that they're called to uh, whichever area of the fivefold ministry, we need to stop trying to hurt them. For, for, yeah, I'm a teacher in the kingdom of God. Yeah, I'm an apostle. You call yourself an apostle now? As people be like, oh my gosh. No, listen. People need to be spiritual, accept the fivefold ministry, accept the gifts of the Spirit, uh, accept the Bible. I'm, I'm sorry, accept the Bible. That's what I mean. <laughs> and, um, People need to uh, just quit all that. So before you start getting mad at me, he's saying this. Listen, I don't know if I'm there yet. Just let me, just let me, let me do my relationship with God, and you go do your thing. And the reason why I say that that may not be you listening to this podcast, but there are people who would who would have that um, that attitude towards you know, someone who says something like that. But I knew that I was like mm, Jesus. Now I don't know, man, because uh, I don't know if I'm that. I don't think I'm qualified. You know, I just think more like chicken fried. <laughs> I just don't think it's going to happen. And I didn't want to look at it. And by me not wanting to look at that, I was limiting God and his work in my life. If I would embrace it, if I would just live into it, don't rush it, don't push for it, don't press for it. Just let's just see what God does. See his timing. Work in that uncomfortable timing of God. If I did that, then, you know, Maybe, maybe it'll go someplace, but I wasn't doing that. I wasn't looking in. I wasn't, I didn't want to acknowledge that part. And between me, God and his heavenly angels, because those are really people who, you know, at least I, I'm like maybe semi sane, but God's hundred percent sane and his angels, they know what's up. So they're saying, um, because a lot of people can criticize. So I'm trying, I'm pushing out the doubters I'm putting out, pushing out the critics and just opening myself, making myself bare to God and, uh, and him really alone. I knew that I was I wasn't living up to the potential, and uh, I was running from it. I was limiting God, and so that night, that evening, with my squinty-eyed dad pointing at me, "Don't limit God." I knew what he was talking about. I knew exactly what he was talking about. So I took a deep breath. All right, I'm a little nervous because that's a place that I've, I haven't been thinking about very often, and I, you know, I have to continue to think about it. So instead of limiting you, God, I'm just going to walk into that. I'm just going to walk into that. I'm going to move into that. And so in your life, don't limit God. Don't limit God by your fears or your, your mess-ups, your hang-ups. Listen, a lot of people have done it. Don't let the excuse of people done it in the Bible for you to do it. Just say, no, I'm not going to do it no more. I'm not. Yeah, I know Moses did it. Yeah, I know Paul had accomplished. I know Gideon had this, and I know that. I know people didn't feel qualified in this case, but I'm not going to do it. And then don't do it. Don't limit God. And that's what this thing's up here for on my wall. This is like a, um, a wallpaper, black wallpaper that I have on the wall. And I draw things that matter to me on here. This sign, this infinity sign reminds me to not limit God. Do not limit God. Don't limit God. So um, don't run from your call. Don't run from your callings. Don't lo- run from God. Ha- what God has called you to do. All right? Don't do that. You don't want to limit him. That's, that's like, it's like disrespectful to the master. That's like a tool, a hammer saying, I don't want to hammer a nail or I don't want to 
take a nail out of the wall. I don't want to build that thing. That's like, why? Well, because I'm insecure about it. Okay, well, get secure about it. That's what God's calling you to do. Well, I don't know, and, and this, and all the anxiety and the anxiousness that comes with trying to figure it out. Stop trying to figure it out. Just do what God called you to do. God will figure it out for you and give you the blueprint. So you know when you finally have figured it out, you can't, I'm doing air quotes when I say figured it out, you can't say it was by you. <laughs> you have to give glory to God. So he's going to get the glory anyway. Just might as well just don't worry about it. And don't limit God. All right. Number six, we're wrapping up here soon. Um, fearlessness is a choice. Fearlessness is a choice. This is the sixth lesson that I learned in 2022. Fear is a choice. How do we know that? 365 times in the Bible, it's commanded, fear not. So wait, you mean to tell me that God is suggesting that fear is a choice, that we can turn it on or off? That's what I believe. Why would he tell us to fear not and to know that if, we, if he knew that we couldn't overcome it? If we knew that we couldn't stop fearing, why would he say, hey, stop it, don't fear, <laughs> if we couldn't overcome it? Or, uh, if, if at the very least, but if, we fear, if it was a choice. There are terrible things that happen that we, we could be afraid of, but perfect love casteth out some fear. Perfect love casteth out 80% of the fear. Perfect love casteth out majority fear or perfect love casteth out all fear. So the problem isn't your fear. The problem is your love. So, for instance, everyone hates death. You know, everyone hates death. Everyone's scared of death. Everyone's fearful of death, right? Yes. Everyone going to say, you know, if, hey, who wants to die? You know, someone walked into a, 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 a place, God forbid, asked that question that I just asked, and I don't know how many times I could repeat it, being that this is going to be posted on different platforms. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, if someone asked that, then it's like, um, you know, no one's going to raise their hand. And everyone's going to say, you know, the person who asked the question, that's the person who wants to <laughs> raise their hand and say yes to that. Because everyone's going to be fearful fearful for their lives enough to where if they have to oust another in order to get, retain theirs, they will do it. That's driven by fear. Fear is a real, well, uh, or fear of death is a real thing. Okay. So, well. I am a different individual, all right? I like to know as much as I can about a scenario before I move into it, which isn't the best thing to do. It definitely doesn't help on your faith walk, so you got to chunk all that, but um, it'll cause me to do things such as uh, watch CCTV vi video and footage um, about uh, scenarios where people, if they knew what they uh, needed to do, if they knew how to defend themselves physically, then they wouldn't have uh, been in, in, in uh, victims of terrible circumstances, terrible scenarios. So I'm watching these CCTV footage and a lot, some people getting hurt very badly in, in very various different ways. And what I notice is that um, if someone is fighting for themselves out of fear, it can, it can uh, tighten them up, it can stop them. But when someone is fighting out of love, when someone's fighting for love, fighting because of love, love being their driver, then you start finding out things like when uh, uh, test 
not testimonies, but I guess like stories of people who were wounded, all right, because of a, um, uh, a, a certain weapon used against them. They were wounded. They were hurt. Okay. Well, the 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 person who who was terrified of a um, I don't know how much I can say on here without uh, the uh, algorithms being affected. Um, people getting shot. All right. Um, that, that, uh, everyone fears it. Cause it's like, dude, that can lead to death. Okay. But, but when you're, when you're actually in the midst of it because of love, all of a sudden, like, I love my kid. I love my daughter. You're not going to do that to my wife. That's my husband. That's my child. That's the, that love is driven by love. Well, now it's uh-uh, no, I mean, it just feels like a bee sting and, you know, literally that's, you know, very hot searing bee sting. Right. Or with, you know, someone that has a blade on them and they get attacked with it. Well, if they're defending their child, they're defending their country, they're defending whatever it may be, then they don't feel it. it. They don't fear the blade anymore. They don't fear the gun anymore. They don't fear those things because, no, 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 you're not doing that to my daughter. Why? Because love, perfect love, casteth out all fear. And what greater love than any man but this, that a, a man will lay down his life for a friend. Lay down his life for a friend. That's a lot of love. You can't get any greater than that. Jesus laid down his life for sinners because he loved them. So when you're in love, you'll do some crazy things. When you're in love, you'll do some things that, 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 that you don't even see fear. And so the fearlessness is more about love than it is about running away from fear. Some of you guys have been asking, you know, some of I want to be fearless. I want to, you know, do this and do that. Do these great exploits from God, but I'm scared. Okay, well what you need to do is you need to align your love. Do you really love the loss like you like you say you do? Cuz if you did, you wouldn't have the fear. You would you would stand up and preach. This goes to me too. Hey, I'm guilty of the words that I'm saying. Do you really love that soul? Do you really love that person? Do you really love that X, Y, Z? Do you really love God? There's only two ways we love is vertical and horizontal. We love God or we love and we love people. The problem is one of those loves is is not is not it's not all the way where it's supposed to be. And so if you need to get your love towards God up to where you'll blast through the fears that are holding you back from becoming that missionary that you're supposed to become, or you're you need the uh to love people enough to where you'll do whatever it takes to see that soul saved or to say what you need to say to that person so they don't fall in that trap to preach the word of God, to prophesy, to do whatever it takes to see that soul converted. All right. If you're not willing to do that, then you need to increase, you need to find it. It's a love problem. It's not a, it's not a anything else problem. Now I say that in my naivete, I understand that I'm, you know, just a few years from 30, I'm still a young man. But if you can choose fearlessness, the easiest way to do it is by love. Why? Because perfect love casts off, cast out all fear. Continue to love. Continue to love. Continue to love. They love not their lives into the death. Okay, I said of the 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 prophets, they didn't. They they their love wasn't wasn't internal or towards itself themselves. It was to God and to the people. And sometimes if the people weren't listening. It was to God. They loved him so much that they'll be sawn asunder, that they would all these different things would happen. They'd love not their lives to the death. So one of the easiest way to easiest ways to become fearless is by increasing your love. All right, but let's talk about fearlessness as we first talked about it as point 
six in today's podcast, and we're wrapping it up, I promise, is, um, is that it's a choice. Okay, you can choose fear or you can choose trust. You can choose fear, you can choose hope. You can choose fear, or you can choose faith. You can choose fear or you can choose love. If you take those virtues, love, faith, hope, and those, those things, if you take those virtues, you can become fearless. And it's not about squaring your shoulders and being the next Superman. No, what it is about is you doing what God called you to do in boldness, in faith, in truth. So if you don't want to witness on your school campus because you're scared, understand it's a love issue. And understand you can choose. All right, am I, cho- am I going to choose the love, if, the love of people's recognition and people's approval? Or am I going to choose to love their souls more than their approval? Do I love their souls more than their approval? If I love their souls more than their approval, truly do, then I'll say whatever I need to say. So I'll be fearless and I'll operate in boldness. Okay? Wherever that, wherever that applies to your life, make sure you apply it. All right? And you can DM me and talk to me um, about that um, in further Yappa content. Um, or in our Facebook group. All right, so join the Yappa Fan Facebook group. Before we completely wrap up today's podcast, make sure you join the Facebook group. It's free, 100% free. It's on Facebook. Um, you get access to the Yappa Fan Hangouts, the Yappa Fan Prayer that we do um, every month. Both these things happening once a month. You get access to the Yappa Fan community of people who are celebrating each other, uh, their accomplishments in God. There's hundreds of people in that Facebook group. Join and get connected, all right? Facebook, go to Facebook um, if you want the URLs, Facebook for facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash yappa fam <laughs> all right or yappa 238 one of the two but um just find hit a link somewhere around this go to yappa 238.com and you'll find the page um a link to the page anyway or excuse me a link, a link to the facebook group all right so um and join the firestarter committee it's ten dollars a month it'll help us uh continue the mission of yappa 238 you get access to the firestarter community um, you get access to the accelerator streams, the, ooh, man, goodness, the, the Firestarter community prayer. You get access to a whole bunch of other things. So go to firestartercommunity.com and get signed up. You'll help be, you'll be, you'll support the mission of Yappa 238 and the Firestarter community, and uh, it's going to be good. All right, cool. So promos out of the way. Let's hit the seventh, seventh, numero sette in Italiano, <laughs> uh, the seventh point for, um, or the seventh lesson. That I learned in 2022. All right, that is fix your eyes on Jesus. All right, there's a song. Look full into His uh, wonderful face, and the things of this world will go strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. Okay, that's actually true, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> what I'm talking about, fix your eyes on Jesus, is going back to the Peter example. All right, and this is what's happened in my life recently, um, like very, very recently. If you fix your eyes on Jesus in your faith walk. That'll keep you away from the distractions. It'll keep you away from the distractions. So what I mean, when Peter had, he had, he had a million different distractions happening. He had the waves, he had the lightning, he had the darkness, he had the rain, he had all these, the winds and everything that was the, uh, that was in his face. He had a million things to look at, but he only had to keep contact with one of Jesus's eyes. (laughs) He needed to fix his eyes on Jesus. He didn't have to, some of us, okay, let me say it like this. Some of us are, are trying to get rid of distractions 
by saying, okay, I'm going to cut that out of my life. I'm not going to watch that anymore. I'm not going to, and it may not be sin, it may be waste. I'm not going to spend all that time on social media. I'm not going to waste time here. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. Okay, listen, get away from the distractions. Stop. Do yourself a favor. Stop trying to get to seven or eight, 10, 15 different things and put them to rest. Just focus on Jesus. Focus on his word for your life. Focus on his spirit. Oh, so pray more, Aviel? Oh, so this more? No, 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 no. Focus on him. If he's, if something comes out of his mouth, look at what he said. Look at what God spoke to you in prayer. Look at what God spoke to you at the altar. Look at what God told you to do at the beginning of this year. Look at look at the word he gave you. That's, a, that's an expression of him. God is word made flesh. Jesus is word made flesh. Look at him. Let all your focus dump into Jesus, dump into his word, dump into his spirit, dump into who he is, and all the things of this world will grow strangely dim. You don't have to worry about saving time and, and uh, not being carnal on social media and doing this and doing that. You don't have to worry about those things if you fix your eyes on Jesus and look, just look at him. And then when he says something, you keep looking. And when he does something, you keep looking. And you just keep looking and keep looking and keep looking. If you fix your eyes on Jesus, all those things, the things of this world will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. That's the seventh lesson that I learned in 2022. I would share the story behind it, but I think we're out of time for today's podcast. Um, fix your eyes on him. Look at him. Say, okay, let everything melt away. That's a part of the achievers formula, achievers mindset, which is um, a presentation that we do from from Yappa. Uh Let's see. Is there anything else? Let me go ahead and consult with my little notepad. So let's uh, recap the seven lessons from 2022. All right. From Yappa 238. First, God's timing is uncomfortable. Let it stretch you. Spirit led isn't always spirit felt. So walk with God without the feeling. Okay. There's always a Jesus at the bottom of your ship or somewhere in your ship. Find him and trust him. Hypocrisy starts with internal compromise, so do not compromise internally. Whatever you do, hold yourself to that high standard. Point number five, lesson number five, quit limiting God. Stop running from your calling. Stop avoiding it. Embrace the whole thing and let God use you. And don't be fearful, which is point number six, is fearlessness is a choice. You can choose yes or no. And the way to get over some fears that are just literally going like suffocating you Use the perfect, use perfect love. That's a perfect pill. All right. And point number seven, lesson number seven is to fix your eyes on Jesus. Like Peter, everything inside your faith walk will try it. Oh, what is it? Your faith walk will, um, what did I put in my notes? <laughs> fix your eyes on Jesus. Like Peter. Okay. Uh, everything outside your faith walk, like the, the step-by-step, the true, the thing that you're walking on, the the word that you're walking on. Those things will try to distract you. Don't let them distract you. Keep focus on Jesus. All right, sound good? All right, I know that you're going to have a phenomenal 2023, and I want you to be a part of Yappa 238 and the FSC so that you can see every vision that you have that God has given you accomplished in 2023. So make sure you go to firestartercommunity.com to sign up for the Firestarter community and join Yappa 238 on Facebook. Do 
both those things right now today do not delay because if you do you're going to miss out on all the great content that we are going to be producing on those platforms so make sure that you do that subscribe to the app at 238 um subscribe to the apostolic podcast wherever you're listening to the podcast and on youtube and all our socials we have uh, instagram facebook twitter youtube and all the other places that we hang out Make sure you subscribe and follow the app at 230. If you did appreciate today's podcast, share it with a friend and rate it five stars on whatever platform that you are. And let me know the number one point from uh, the number one lesson from this podcast that you can take home with you and that you can apply or that maybe hit you right in smack dab the center of your heart. And it was that relevant for you. Let us know in the reviews. And yeah. Do all those great things, and I'll see you guys in later Yapostolic content. All right, so let's do the outro. It's been as I did. <laughs> all right, thank you guys so much for. I forget how to do it. All right, uh, this is something Yapostolic B app. Okay, yeah, it's like this. It's like this. Know that I love you guys. To be Yapostolic above all, above all, make sure you stay Apostolic, and I'll catch you guys in the next podcast. <laughs>